Welcome to this mini-series called Sustainable Saturday with me, Bianca Foley. In today's episode, I'm speaking with the founder of premium clean beauty brand, Indie Lee. We're discussing whether sustainability is just another buzzword in the beauty industry and what changes established brands can make to improve their supply chain. A little bit more about their story. In 2008, Indie Lee was diagnosed with a life-threatening brain tumour that doctors felt could be environmentally derived and attributed to something as simple as what she was putting on her skin. This was her awakening. After surviving a successful surgery, she embarked upon a new journey, Indie Lee Skincare, a clean beauty line dedicated to educating and empowering others to live their healthiest life. Today I'm joined by the lovely founder of Indie Lee Skincare. In 2008, Indie Lee was diagnosed with a life-threatening brain tumour. Her doctors believed that it could have been environmentally derived and attributed to something as simple as what she was putting on her skin. This was kind of her awakening and after surviving the surgery, she went on to create the clean skincare brand, Indie Lee. If you've got any questions, please feel free to leave a comment. Remember to save, share and like. Do you want to tell, I guess, the audience a little bit about why you wanted to start your brand and more specifically creating a clean beauty brand? Of course. And first of all, thank you for having me on again. I hope and hopefully this won't be our last conversation either. Sure. I mean, my story started really in 2008, right? So prior to this, for those who are listening, I didn't come from a beauty background. I'm a finance person. Um, and in 2008, I started to lose my vision out of my left eye and um, went immediately to the doctors, had an MRI. And, um, and this is in 2008. And within 45 minutes after leaving the scan, he called and said, you need to come in. And I said, okay, can you tell me what it is? He said, I'd rather discuss it in the office. And that's when I said, I have the keys in my hand. I'm coming in. Just tell me what it is before I go to my favorite research platform, which is called Google. And which is not something anybody should ever do. And I took my keys and I shook him on the phone. He said, you have a brain tumor. And I said, I'll see you in 15 minutes. Now, you know, because we've talked about this, um, it was the most powerful day of my life. Right. I don't want to say it was like the best day of my life, but it was the most powerful day of my life because it was then that I realized that I was somebody who was really a passenger in my own life and not an active participant. And I swore from that day forward, I would live what I always call the three P's, passion, purpose, and be fully present. But more importantly, I really knew that this was happening for a reason. Again, I didn't know what that reason was. I just knew something impactful would come out of it if I would allow so I got to the doctors. He said, you need to go see specialists. It doesn't look like cancer. And it wasn't. But when I went up and down the coast, doctors would say, you could have as little as six months. And I mean, my kids were five and eight. And I would say, thank you very much, but no. And when I went to my neuroendocrinologist and I said, how is this possibly happening? He's saying, well, we're seeing more and more of these things tied to the environment. I'm like, environment, dude, I have a greenhouse in my backyard. I just showed you like very 750 square foot greenhouse that I grow organic vegetables, herbs, everything out of. I'm like, so what are you talking about environment? I eat healthy. And he said, that's your environment. What you surround yourself is your environment. And he said, let me ask you a question. What do you put on your skin? And in that moment, it was what we now call my awakening. And I literally in that moment, in that, on that doctor's table, I knew that that's what my purpose was. All of a sudden, everything came flooding in and I, I realized and I knew that here in the U.S. is very different. It's largely unregulated, you know, until, since 1938, there really hasn't been significant legislature. 
I knew I wanted to create a line that was safe, that was effective, that people wanted on their shelf. Because this is 2008. It was kind of crunchy granola then. And more importantly, I wanted to empower others to live their healthiest version of their life. Fortunately for me, I was able to find a doctor who was willing to give me a chance at surgery. I did it on Earth Day, which is a sign from the universe. And um, Earth Day, I walked in and said, today's a great day to live. Put on some kick tush music. I'm using the PG version of my language. And um, I went to sleep. And uh, many, many hours later, when I woke up, I was able to see fully. And that's when the doctor said, we got everything. Welcome to your life. And um, the line has started, has not stopped. I mean, I turned on the website probably a month later and I was ready. I'd already been formulating. When you're given six months to live, you get to decide how you're going to live it. So when my kids were at school, I was doing everything I could to research about what beauty was in skincare and what clean meant and what green meant and all of that. And um, I dug in and a month later, I turned on the site. No, FYI. What I had in my line is nothing as sophisticated as what I have now. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Like I was making it in my house. It was like all of a sudden I turned it on and like Sephora came running. Not at all. Um, but I knew, I knew that when you're passionate about what you want to do and you're committed, watch out. I'm very fortunate for the the mentors I have in my life and um, people who are part of the brand. And I'll never forget um, one of my mentors, who's also my business partner, Lori, said, you know, Indy, the skincare is just underlining what your purpose is, which is really to empower others. I, I want people to obviously use clean skincare. I want them to understand they no longer have to trade efficacy for beautiful products, right? And for clean products that they can feel safe on. I want people to start being more mindful about their choices and the impact their dollars have on the environment it's so true it's you need to be it's something that we talk about a lot and i as i've mentioned to you off camera like i've got my podcast and we're talking about how it how our journeys are for myself and my podcast co-host charlotte where we we talk about the decisions that you make and choosing with your pound or your dollar mm -hmm. and your currency is power and Absolutely. where you choose to spend it is is just so important it helps you it helps to shape not only your lifestyle but it helps to shape society essentially your dollars and your choices have value far more than the consumer good that you're putting in your house that you use it for it's really sending a sign of what we're standing for and what we're saying yes and what we're saying no to and that when we start to really think of what that power can mean in terms of shifting where we're going as a society that's that to me is powerful. That to me is interesting. That gets me lit up every day. Um, going back to kind of your the foundations of the brand and talking about as you said, it's about making that choice. And so many large brands nowadays just that they're, they're trying to get there with sustainability, with ethical um, ethical ranges and different mm -hmm. parts of their product line. But what, in your opinion, does it really take to create a clean beauty brand nowadays? Well, I want people to be mindful that you're looking at a lot of indie beauties coming on. And I'll answer the question, like a lot of indie beauty brands coming into the space and to be able to make some of these choices in terms of packaging. Right. And I'm not just talking about the boxes, the glass, et cetera. It can be expensive, can be expensive when you think of minimum quantities and things like that. And so when you're starting out, you're trying to at least my hope is you're trying to make the best decisions you can with what money you have to start the line. 
So like, I think we have to be mindful that that's very hard thing to do when you're a small brand. Um, I started this by selling jewelry for like my, all my jewelry, right? And then emptying my 401k. And I didn't have the money to have these bespoke, beautiful bottles that I have now. I was getting stock bottles and happy for what I could get. And I was putting labels because I couldn't afford silk screen on my bot, like, you know, things like that. So I just, I caution people, be mindful about these things and really take a look at where the brand is in their life cycle. But for me, clean beauty is not just what you're putting the goop in the jar, right? It's not just the ingredients and what the inky list. It goes to what the manufacturing process is, right? We talked about this, I believe, a little bit like you have this clean product, but yet the manufacturer is using all these really harmful to the environment ingredients or chemical um, cleaning products. Those are ending up potentially in the water system. So what are the manufacturing waste management things for manufacturers? How are your ingredients being farmed, right? Squalane from me might be not be the same as squalane oil from somebody else because of where we're getting it and what the farmer's commitment is to biodiversity and sustainability, right? So that can be very different. So it's the ingredients, it's the manufacturing, it's the distillation process, it's our process. Also, what are their ethical business choices? Are they looking towards various different certifications? And then we could also look at the vessels that they're putting in and what are their give back programs and how they're doing this. So you have to really look at a company much broader than the inky list. And then also, like I said, realize that if you take a look at what that company's ethos is and really get to know the brand and what they stand for and their authenticity and the transparency, it's very easy to do right now with, you know, social media, have the conversations. What do they want to do? They might not be able to do it yet, but I wouldn't want them to not go after their dream because who knows, maybe that's the brand that's going to break through the barriers and be this huge thing that also is going to be able to help change this industry with us. So much goes into creating a clean brand. And I think we think a lot along the lines of like, well, it's it's a lot harder for established brands, I think, to then go back to changing their entire supply chain than it is for a brand who is starting out. Yes. Who can think about these things earlier on. And Absolutely. It's now more of a prominent a more prolific thing that brands are thinking about and they're thinking about this at the forefront when they're starting out rather than compared to 20 years ago 30 years ago people were thinking about cost and absolutely packaging and bringing down their costs rather than creating a product that's good for you and good for the environment okay it may cost a little bit more but you're right that's the commitment that's that's yeah. i mean listen I look at us and as we start to change things over like we went to 20 percent pcr glass and things like that and we still had to go through the glass we had, right? So like if you have MOQs and you had to buy things, that's a great point. And you have these big companies that have all this and they want to make the change. That doesn't mean they should then use, take all the inventory of the components that they have and toss it because it's not sustainable. Like we have to use it up. It takes time. Um, and I think if you start to plan this, if you're a brand listening to this or someone who wants to have a brand, start to think about what you want to do, have those conversations early on, and then start to implement them as you can. Another thing for us was getting that third party certification, right? So that people, because there's so much confusion, let's face it, in what is yeah, there's a lot of disparity between the different certifications and there's a lot of things that aren't worldwide like a blanket across the board yeah. there's different things for different countries so mm -hmm. it does need to be uni more, more universal just universal entirely 
I, I agree. And that's why we decided to take the approach of getting Cosmos certified. So we um, are working with Soil Association. I think we have 14 products already certified under Cosmos Natural or Cosmos Organic, which is so exciting for me. Um, and that is really putting our mark, part of one of the marks in the sand of what we are committing to because that certification is incredible. I mean, just all the standards that they require from your farmers, your ingredients to the manufacturer to the everything, they take it all under account and are going to this EU directive, right, in terms of what ingredients they like. So from that standpoint too, then cruelty-free, all of that, non-GMO, all those things. Um, and so I'm very excited about that. But you know what I love most about it is that it's evolving. So brands that oh, are yeah. certified have to evolve. So for... For us, it's as an ingredient or something changes and maybe we find out new facts, right? We have to change and evolve. That's our commitment to our consumers. We will change as the certification just continues to evolve to become even better as more information comes on to, you know, into the world. We will evolve with it. Um, moving on, mm-hmm. something that is kind of bothering me with this is with the beauty industry i should say um so talking about sustainability and i think it's kind of become a blanket term for a lot of things in across fashion beauty food a lot of people are just using oh yeah 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 it's sustainable especially here in the uk i'm noticing it more and more um do you think that sustainability is just another buzzword or a trend in the beauty industry or do you think that more and more brands will eventually change their processes and their ingredients going forward I think absolutely. I mean, don't forget when I started in 2008, clean was was a buzzword, right? People or it was natural, naturally derived, clean. I was going to say clean was almost a dirty word. It was a dirty. <laughs> it was. It was like those were. So you take a look at where we were that, and now it's like mainstream. That's where people are looking to go. So I do believe that sustainability is is not a buzzword, but it's something brands are starting to bake into their DNA. But my hope is that's just the start. Because sustainability, if you think about the word, means sustain. I want to see elevation. I want to see regenerative. I want to see how we're going to be adding to and not taking from or staying status quo. Yeah, that's exactly what it should be because that's something that we've spoken about before on Sustainably Influence where we say it's like it's all well and good everybody's starting to get interested finally mm-hmm. but where do we go from here? Where well, We need more development and innovation in this field to be able to make everything completely sustainable. Absolutely. And I think that that's where sustainability is that great start that, okay, let's start getting to at least not doing as much harm and seeing what we can do to give back. But how are we going to nurture and put nutrients back into our soil? For me, it's a regeneration. um, And I think this term biophilia, which sounded very strange to me, but it's basically the same thing. I was like, wait, what is that? thought it was like, I was like, is that a disease? It sounded so strange when I started to hear it. But as somebody, I mean, you know, I just showed you what my greenhouse in the backyard looks like. I have a very large greenhouse. I started in, after I left accounting, I got very into the farm to table movement. And you realize that if you deplete your soil, right, you grow a crop in that soil and you remove it and you keep planting that same thing, your plant health is going to be depleted. It's not going to be as robust, right? And think about this as as it relates to ingredients that you're putting into your products too, not just the impact on the global society, right? Let's just take it even small. 
And so it just shows that if we're not doing stuff to put nutrients back, we're going to have vast like desert lands, you know what I mean? Barren lands. And we need to think about, okay, how are when, and that's why I love Cosmos because what are we looking at the farming practices too, you know, and how like sustainable agriculture, which, you know, and then get to the biodiverse agriculture. So I'm very excited. But um, what changes can established brands make to improve on their supply chain and ingredients? That's a hard one. Um, only because <laughs> there's, because it's like, where can they make the, you know, and I think it is taking a look at your supply chain and when you are starting to re-up your purchasing of componentry, that's a great place to start. Start doing your research now. Think about what you can do. Fine, you can't, maybe you can't do a recycling Thing yourself but are there are there retailers that you can partner with or put on your website like we added to our website where you can recycle your you know your containers from us so i think it's that and i think it is looking towards your ingredients and saying okay how much is this really costing by doing the right thing versus how much is it costing the environment and the world you know and what are you standing for and i think um one of the things that i love is that we always say, well, what's the right thing to do? Okay, it might not be the, the least expensive, but what's the right thing? Um, and also, you know, listen, we're not perfect either. And we're gonna make mistakes and we're gonna make big ones, but owning up to those type of things. But I think the things that you can do is also really look at the certifications so that you can show others what you stand for and they can have that third party validation that they're looking for. And it really helps guide you when it seems so overwhelming on what you do first, but it does, I think, help guide you on what what are the steps you should be taking and can be taking. It's a lot of work, yes, it's expensive, but it's a it's a roadmap for us to, to be better and do better and help us. I think it holds you accountable and continues to hold you accountable as well as a brand. If you're, you're, you could say you're sustainable in the beginning, but the more that a brand evolves and changes and consumers are buying into it, they could lose a little bit of their morals along the way. You never know. Like, absolutely, absolutely. You know, do, listen, so. we're all, most of us are for profit. You know, we, you know, we're a for profit company, but that doesn't mean we don't want to do good. And again, we're not perfect. There is no such thing as perfect. Yeah. And so I think there's that also we're in the midst of such a massive cancel culture that people are looking to call out brands and people. And you have to realize by doing that, like really think about what your choices are and why you're doing it. Is it over one thing or is it over, you know, it's just, I think it also gives brands a lot of concern about telling people what they're doing and that they're trying to make the best decisions, but they're so yeah. fearful about that right now. Um, it's it's a very interesting it's a very interesting time but you know listen i always say we're not perfect but we're trying to do the best we can with the information that we have and we will continue to evolve and again that is why we made this decision for the certification that we did is because we are showing you we are going to continue to evolve with it and it's not just the ingredients that are in there it's we're going to hold ourselves accountable for it Thanks so much to my guest today. I've linked the full interview in the show notes if you want to have a watch. Please follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Sustainably Influenced. Season five of Sustainably Influenced is available to listen now on all good podcast platforms. Thank you so much for listening.